Let's set things straight. If you're rich, you're not on the road to perdition. For two reasons. Perdition isn't a scriptural concept, and scripturally speaking, being rich isn't a sin. If that were the case, Abraham, Jacob, Solomon, Esther, and a whole bunch of others would not be included in the biblical narrative as godly examples. The love of money. Did you hear that? The love of or the desire for money is what separates us from God. Just as much as the love of poverty, the love of the work of ministry, the desire of anything that supersedes our growing relationship with God is what separates us from Him. So go hug a rich person. They need it just as much as anyone else. And they need to know that they are part of God's gospel calling and are integral to His narrative. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Andrew Campbell and this is Sabbath School University. Welcome. Now, we have three special guests, and uh, one is actually special to me, uh, being that uh, this is the first time that I get to have my, my sister join us on the show. Um, but I'll allow you to introduce yourself and, and the others too. Um, so go ahead, give us your name, what you're studying here at Andrews, where you're from, and uh, let's see, we need an icebreaker question. Uh, if you could be rich or famous, you had to choose between the two, which one would you choose and why? Okay, my name is Andrea Campbell. I'm from the Cayman Islands and I'm studying my master's in secondary education here at Andrews. And uh, if you could be rich or famous, then you have to pick. I think I would probably say to be rich. Why? Because if I were famous, then there wouldn't be much else to it other than the fact that, oh, everyone knows me. Okay. What do they know me for? Like, is there okay. something special? Cool. And you're my sister. And so, yes. yeah, that's something cool. That's great. <laughs> uh, I'm Zach Babb. I'm from around Champaign, Illinois. Um, I'm a theology major here at Andrews, and I would be rich because I don't like publicity. Okay. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Carlos Conde. Um, I'm from New York, New York City. Um, I'm studying business as a sorry business is a minor, religion is a major, and oh, definitely I just I pick being rich. Uh, the main reason why is because um, I can pay my debts. Uh, I can get married, you know, theology majors and religion majors, we get married pretty quickly, so. And we have no money. <laughs> yeah, so we, we kind of need that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Carlos, why don't you read our key text for us and then pray and we'll jump into this lesson. That's your thing. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. 
for which some have stayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Let's pray. Gracias, Padre Dios, para este día. Ayuda a nosotros a entender este mensaje, Lord. En tu nombre, amen. Amen. Now that was Spanish, right? A little bit of Spanish because I said Lord's the end. <laughs> but it is Spanish. Okay, okay. And how do you know Spanish? Um, I grew up on it. Um, I'm okay. part Dominican, part um, Puerto Rican. Okay. So... Usually it doesn't mix too well, but uh, you know, by the grace of God, it did. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So we're talking about the rich and the famous in light of the grand theme of discipleship for the quarter. Um, <clears throat> first question, what would you do if you were poor? How different would it be if you were given a lot of money? If, you, if I were poor, I think I would have a... I would, I would go to God daily. Like, I think I would depend on Him, like there's, like, hands down, because there would be nothing else to distract me. Not that I don't do that uh, now. Okay, I was about to but, pick on you, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I would, I would definitely have to seek God for everything. And if I were given a lot of money, I think there would be the temptation to not focus on God, I would think that I can provide for myself and sort of just think about myself and okay. not look to God as my provider. Okay, okay. Any other answers? Any other? I would pay for everything in cash in full. <laughs> <laughs> no credit. <laughs> no. Carlos. Um, well, I mean, I'm already poor. I mean... Got this huge debt to pay, Andrew. So, um, yeah, that's one thing. But um, I think it would make a big difference. Um, but I personally don't think that it would be a good thing for me now um, because I think that um, the gift of money is what it is, is a gift from God. Okay. And so probably if I had it back then and, or now, I probably would have just wasted it on a whole bunch of stuff that I don't need. Okay. Um, probably if I'm a little bit more mature, um, you know, hopefully God can... You know, he always will provide, but yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you all picked in, in the opening question, you all picked that you would be rich. Um, so I'm guessing you don't think that there's anything wrong with being rich, but what, I guess, what are some of the popular conceptions about what it is, what's wrong about being rich? Well, I would say the popular notions are that rich people are stingy and they're, they're greedy and they don't want to help anybody out by giving things like, uh, like giving, giving money. Okay. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Okay. Um, but that is probably a popular notion of okay. rich people. What else is out there that might be wrong, that people might think is wrong with being rich? Um... I guess I would say that, uh, I mean, everything that Zach said, is, um, <laughs> but no, seriously. Thank um, you that support there, Carlos. Anytime, man. But yeah, um, I think um, one of the things about being rich is that um, we tend to think that they don't rely on God. And okay. they just rely on their own riches in order to do whatever they want in the world. And Which is what you were yeah. basically right. tending towards. Right. So what do you think about that? I mean... 
if I were to challenge you and say, no, that's not true, that rich people rely on God just as much as poor people, what, mm -hmm. what, what, how, how would you um, refute that? Or, I mean, do you, what, what do you think about What's that? What's my stance? Yeah. I think that a misconception, I guess, is that if you're rich, you cannot go to heaven. Like, you are just destined for... Because you know, there's that text that says, you know, it, um, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle right. than for a rich person yeah. to go mm -hmm. into the kingdom. But then it also says, you know, with God all things are possible. And so, like, that's, that's the thing. There's that little caveat that's like, you know, it's just saying God, God, can, God can allow anyone to go to heaven as long as they accept His gift. Okay. Okay, but then, but then, okay. If I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, argue with here because, because we're siblings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, it's possible. But then, you know, it says it's hard. It doesn't say it's impossible. It says it's mm -hmm. hard. And so, why would you pick the hard route? I mean, and you all technically picked it because you, you all said that you would be rich. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always up for a challenge. <laughs> okay, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, we were, we were given no option uh, to, to, to be poor or not. Um, well, I mean, you could be famous and poor. That's true, I yeah. suppose, but yeah. how frequently does that happen? Mm. Actually, pretty frequently. Yeah, 15 oh, minutes think of fame, you know. But yeah. you never... Ah, fine. <laughs> fine. So what do you think? And, and I think I think this is this is a, a tough and delicate issue to, to deal with because um, it, uh, yes we want to make sure that we, we say that okay it's not nothing wrong with being rich but then what happens so often is that riches and the love of riches seem to go together so mm -hmm. often um, it I guess when you think about it, what might be some ways that you could avoid acquiring a love of wealth while having wealth? I would say like looking at what Jesus told people with wealth to do in the Bible or looking okay. at what people with wealth did in the Bible. Like for instance, Esther, like was mentioned, um, it, it, she's not really known for being a rich queen, although she was a rich queen. She's known for attempting to prevent the slaughter of her people. You know, she was, she was trying to help people with sure. her influence. Um, and so I, w I would suggest that that's probably a good way to, to get around the love of money is to try and help people with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's also just understanding, because um, there's a lot of um, celebrities, for example, who they have money, but they're not content with the money they have. And it's not that they want more, but they just don't want to be rich and, well, famous, I guess you can say. They don't want to have either. So... Wait, explain that again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me rewind. Because um, there's a lot of um, celebrities or a lot of people who are rich that they said that they don't really want to be rich anymore. Oh, okay. And um, I guess you can look at, uh, try to understand th um, their reason why they don't like it. Because, I mean, I think the best way to understand somebody is to know their history. Okay. And so... Um, I know a lot of people, they say, okay, well, I bought all the tablets I can buy, all the laptops, all the gaming consoles, all the cars and everything like that. But um, at the end of the day, they can only satisfy you for so long, okay. you know, 
and you're always going to want more is this whole gimme, gimme, gimme factor. And it's just like, no matter what, you're going to want more. And so, because, um, you know, I've had a problem with that when I was younger. I was very spoiled. <laughs> so um, it was always me wanting to have more. But then once I started to um, just read the text and just like get to surround myself with um, um, people in the church, mm-hmm. I started to see like, you know, like, like, yeah, this is fun and all, and this is great. But, you know, then there's God. Mm-hmm. And God is there. He's going to supply you forever. He's going to be there with you forever. And I think that's just the most awesome thing that you can ever have. Because no matter what, you will not lose God. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You know, uh, for, for me, I've uh, just gone through a, a very uh, interesting experience. Because I, I'm in the process of moving to Nor- Norway. In fact, by the time this show airs, I you know, will be in Norway. And um, and because of you know travel restrictions, you you can't carry lots of things with you without paying a ton of money, yeah. and um, and so my wife and I we we've sold almost everything that that we have or had now because it's <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was it was a it was a tough process because naturally you grow attached to Definitely. things and. Um, and it, it was a tough decision, but then as we were going through it, actually, it it became almost like a cleansing kind of process. Or uh, <laughs> that my my wife has a, a friend who's into psychology. So she called it a cathartic release. That was the first time I really heard that term. But it's like a a cleansing kind of a feeling, <clears throat> and it is it was very interesting, tough, but but very insightful. Um, you know, when I, when I, in my devotional time, you know, talking with God and, and I guess wrestling and saying, you know, God, I, I really don't want to sell this, but, you know, I, I can't take it. So, you know, I'm in a lose-lose situation here. But then actually going through and doing it, it didn't feel so bad. And, and so um, that I just, I guess I just wanted to share is, is a very interesting experience that I've had uh, and I guess relates very much to the topic that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, um, why does it seem that the Christian church is fixated on the poor? You don't see as many ministries created for the affluent. Um, I think the main reason why um, it's so fixated on the poor is because that's what we assume Jesus' message was, is to help only, going to go only the poor and oppressed. But that's not the message that Jesus was preaching on he came to help everybody mm. um, and so I think we just have this um, you know because we make we're human we make errors so I think we just had the wrong idea of what um, the whole point of Jesus coming to save the poor and oppressed because um, you know you maybe in, if you think about it maybe he wasn't taught maybe a different trans may sorry different interpretation can be um, not about being poor as in money-wise, but being poor in spirit, okay. you know, or being oppressed in spirit. Mm-hmm. So I think um, Jesus was trying to state that, because I don't think Jesus is just going to save one group of people and leave, hey, everyone else, okay. forget you guys. Okay. That's not him. Yeah, actually, I was thinking, uh, for example, that story in the Bible the good, about the Good Samaritan, okay. how, you know, it was basically talking about how these people passed a man who was in need, and then this Samaritan went and helped him. So in this situation, something, the, the man needed help in some way. So I feel that probably 
we feel that since poorer people are less fortunate, that's a very easy means to fulfill that mm. requirement. And uh, you know, if you're rich, chances are you're not really suffering like that in that way. Yeah, because <laughs> I was about to say, listen, I mean, because. Uh, you just like to pick on your sister. That's, that's sure, what it is. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But, <laughs> well, why don't you disagree with her? Why don't, why don't you? <laughs> no, I'm just it's, Disagree with me. <laughs> it's good that she added in that way. Okay. Um, and I would like to go back to what Carlos said in, in that maybe Jesus was saying uh, poor in a different way. Okay. Because, yeah, he was definitely talking in the very literal sense of being poor. Mm -hmm. But some people are poor in how they relate to other people. Some people are poor in public speaking. Some people are poor in this. And, and so, and, and it's not to change what the gospel is trying to say, but we need to help all people in all things, um, or try to, in yeah. all, all godly things anyway. Um, and so, yeah, in that way, and you, some yeah, people are poor and others are I, not. I think, I think one, one core part of the gospel is your recognition of need. You, if you don't recognize that you have a deficit, that you have a need, you cannot really appreciate a savior. Um, if you don't recognize that there's a problem, I mean, why, why are you gonna even look for a solution? Um, and I think that poverty in the material sense, um, is one one of the ways that is very evident uh, in that you are in need. And when you are in need, you are more likely to appreciate and to look for help and and for you know savior. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that in that sense, uh, poverty can be seen as an avenue to the gospel or. Mm -hmm. or, or or one of the ways that, that one of the environments in which the gospel can be very effective. But that being said, there are many other needs that are out there. And there are many other, so rich people, while they may not need material things or money, they have needs. And those needs need to be met. met. It's just that the physical ones are more noticeable, I suppose. I think that's yeah. the case. I think that that's the case. And uh, sometimes it may be more noticeable to e even the particular person. Um, but on a whole, it's definitely more noticeable that, that you know, poverty is a, a, a very obvious need. Um, when you look at uh, Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, and the rich young ruler, how did Jesus relate to each one? For Nicodemus, it seemed like it was sort of a private affair. And with Zacchaeus, it was very public. Okay. Um, the rich and young ruler, I don't know, I guess I was sort of in between. But um, I think Jesus was very, very uh, careful with, with each person, very specific to each need. Okay. And like God knows your needs. And uh, so Zacchaeus, I mean, sorry, Nicodemus, he he wanted to get a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, and yeah. so he went to him privately. He went to him at night. And uh, I think that as long as you are willing, each of these people showed concern, mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted to 
change. They wanted to know what must I do. So they went to Jesus. And I think that if you go to Jesus, make that step, and then God will talk to you and cater to your needs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I would. I'd say it's it's interesting that you brought up the fact that Nicodemus was private and Zacchaeus was public, and the rich ruler was was in between. I never mm -hmm. thought about that. Um, but it it illustrates more keenly, I suppose, that um, Jesus relates to each one wherever we are. Yeah, true. Um, mm -hmm. Whether you're in a tree or, or you know, in a dark <laughs> yeah. alley. Yeah. Nicodemus mm -hmm. wanted to come privately, so he did, and Jesus mm -hmm. was like, "All right, let's let's talk about this." Sure. Now, obviously, people will, will uh, focus in on the rich young ruler because, in that case, Jesus says, "Go and sell all that you have and give the money to the poor." Um, do you think that's the solution for, you know, that that's the cure-all for all rich people? I mean, mm -hmm. what, what do you think? I don't think so at all. I feel that it, it depends on what you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to. God didn't, Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus to go sell, um, give every half of his possessions to the poor. That's what Zacchaeus decided to do. Um, the rich young ruler, he, he said, Jesus told him to sell all you have okay. right but but it's not saying that this is what you have to do this is the criteria I think that it's more like what you're struggling with what what is it that you hold okay what, what is it you hold on to is it do you value it more than <laughs> Jesus so okay what I'm picking up on in from what you're saying is okay Zacchaeus had an experience with Jesus that changed him and it changed him so much so that he was willing to give and give very freely to mm -hmm those who are in need but the rich young ruler on the other hand comes to Jesus and he says you know what do I have to do to be saved and he says okay you got to keep the commandments and he says yeah check 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 got that I'm done um, and he says so Jesus says well then there's one thing that you're lacking go and sell all that you have and give the money to the poor and <clears throat> I guess what I'm thinking about right now is that Zacchaeus in light of the, the change that happened with him, within him because of the power of the gospel, he goes out and, and starts ministering to other people's needs. Whereas the rich young ruler, thinking that you know, he's where he needs to be, uh, he feels no desire or, or no, uh, I guess, obligation to, to help those around him who are in need. And so Jesus challenges him and says, what about those who are in need? If I were to, you know, if I say to you, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor, how does that make you feel? You know? <laughs> and, and it's that feeling that caused him to walk away. And he, and, and he said, you know, this is, this is just uh, too much. I think it illustrates um, two different kinds of need. Um, because Jesus will relate to each one of us in a way uh, individualized and perfect for, for each one of us. Okay. Um, so he, the way he related to Zacchaeus changed his heart, and Jesus was talking to probably the same kind of person, maybe not a tax collector, but an, an affluent Jew um, in, in the rich young ruler, but he knew that there was a different need for each of them, and all it took for Zacchaeus was... Um, just that, that little bit of, hey, I'm coming to your house and let's mm. talk about stuff. For the rich young ruler, it took something significantly more yeah. um, for him to break his heart, I guess, and, and do do stuff. But he, he wasn't willing to go that far, mm -hmm. and so he, he walked off. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the 
core parts of the gospel is that it changes you and it and it makes you aware of the needs that are around you and it makes it gives you a desire to want to help others because okay this is this is again the heart of the gospel freely you have received freely give you know um james 1 verse i think it's like 16 or 17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the the, the father of lights um and it so if your riches uh if you see that as a blessing as something good then you know james will, will say that that's a gift from god and then you you interpret that freely you have received freely give um so the mentality of a rich person who has been convicted by the gospel cannot be one of selfishness and and you know disregard for for those around you who are in need uh, that is incompatible with the gospel but being rich and being very helpful is, is you know it's not riches that's that's um that's the problem it's you, the i guess like we said love of that money that's true i think one of the biggest things that jesus was um, trying to illustrate with the rich and ruler is that we're not saved by works. Mm. That's the big. That's a key point. Um, I, I don't know for some reason I don't think that even if he did sell his stuff, that would have changed him. Because in my mind I'm thinking if he sold his stuff, then he's only doing it because he's told to do it, not because he's willing to do it. You know, there's a difference because when your motive is to really help people, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're doing it because you want to help people out and because you love them rather than you're doing it more of a chore. And that's one thing that it's, um, it's very hard to really um, be Christian and try to understand like, okay, you know, God's telling us to do this not because, you know, we're forced to do it, yeah. but because, you know, he's asking us to do that as a way of, you know, this, this is how we obey you um, with our faith. And we should do this out of love yeah. and not doing it out of like, okay, well, okay, I gotta wake up early in the morning, Read my devotion, all right. Yeah. I just read a passage. You know, it's not like that because that's not personal. That's not. It, it doesn't. There's no meaning in that. Yeah. And you know, because as little kids, you know, I don't think anybody liked doing chores. You know, I, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't like doing any of the chores. Uh, for me, it depended on which chores. There's some chores I like doing. Yeah, right. you, you oh, have yeah. a point. <laughs> but like most chores, we we just dislike doing them. And then it's just like there's a difference between doing the chores because we're told to do it. Okay. And willingly going to the kitchen is like, hey, mom, um, I'm gonna wash dishes today. Mm. Why? Because I want to. I want to help you out. You know, it's a huge impact when you do something different when you do it from the heart instead of um, doing it because I have to do this. So it's more in the mindset and more yeah. of um, what we really, why we're doing this, you know. Yeah, and just to yeah. quick point, quickly point out, I think that whatever Jesus impresses us to do, it will make us happier in the end. We will not feel burdened over mm. doing it. So like um, Zacchaeus, I'm pretty sure he was very happy after he did all of that. Not necessarily because he did those things, but just because he found that that love from Jesus. Yeah, and, and I guess part of, going back to my illustration about you know the process that I've been going through selling everything is that one thing that I noticed after getting rid of everything um, is that it's actually not that bad to give up everything that you have. granted I, I had you know I had a lot less than you know many other people have you know, it, it, I, some people accumulate a lot you know in, in college um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I, I, was th- I was thinking about you. <laughs> but I didn't quite accumulate that much. If you'd like to join in on the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool, the letter U, dot O-R-G. For Sabbath School University, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.